All right, welcome back to the show. It's your boy, and I am here once again to talk about some more sports going on. AKA, today is the NFL. The NBA season is coming up, and we'll get into that a little bit probably next week, a little more after things get rolling, a couple games get played. We can see what's going on with the guys, but. Right now, today, I'm here to talk about week seven in the NFL. And man, well, first off, um, there was a lot of teams by weeks this week. So it was a little, a little like, let's see how many teams we got on by week. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six teams on by week. So. No Bengals, no Cowboys, no Titans, no Jets, no Panthers, no Texans. But that didn't stop this week from being a pretty, pretty good, it was pretty good, pretty good week, pretty solid week, you know. Uh, let's just start Thursday night. Oh, man, Thursday night. Um, Where where do I start? Um, the Jaguars beat the Saints 21, or 31-24. And... The Saints, let's start with the Jags. The Jags were bad, okay? Um, let me check everything out here. Trevor Lawrence, 20 for 29, 204 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. 59 yards rushing, cool. That was cool. Trevor's ETN, 14 carries for 53 yards. Nothing, nothing to write home about. Um... What they have? They had two fumbles, and those fumbles were early. Let's 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 go here. The Jags shouldn't have won that game. Um, in the beginning of the game, there was I think both turnovers were in the first half, and even with the Jags playing so bad, so so bad. They were still up. They were still up on the Saints. And I hate doing this, right? Um, but being a Chiefs fan, I've seen Derek Carr a million times, right? Watched Derek Carr's whole career for the Raiders and, you know, playing against him twice a year. Derek Carr was never a quarterback to be afraid of. We pretty much, I mean consensus around the league was he was he was Mr. Checkdown, right? He he was the new version of Alex Smith, but, you know, the, something I will rarely do, I will give Alex Smith a little bit of credit. He was better than Derek Carr was, okay? So, let's just get that out the way. But uh, Derek Carr, what are, some, what are some points about Derek Carr? Derek Carr doesn't want to throw the ball deep. He never really was a deep threat guy, he would do it. He he can do it, but he never really looked to do it all that often. Uh, short to intermediate was what he was better at his whole time in the Raiders, and that's that's kind of spilled over here into the Saints. But he's older and just declining, if we're being completely honest. And one of his real hangups was red zone interceptions, and just struggling in the red zone in general. And that was on full 100% display in this Jaguars game where it was just 
bad, bad. I, I, I let me look what see what their see what their red zone if what their red zone efficiency was in this game. Red zone two for five in the red zone. That pretty much sums it up. Um, <laughs> their car is really bad when you need him to go deep. And really bad in the red zone, and typically when you are calling upon him to make plays in these areas, he's going to throw a pick, and that's what he did. And even with that, they clawed their way back against the Jaguars. This is exactly why I've kind of been hesitant to throw the Jags up into up into the top echelon of teams. I, I don't remember what I had them at last week. I had them 12, so just outside the top 10. And I think that's a great place for them. They they they're they're not an excellent defense, and with Trevor kind of struggling or middling or however you would want to look at it, um, I know the offensive line is banged up and all that, but it doesn't excuse how awful Trevor Lawrence has kind of been these first first half of the year at this point. Same thing again. On third down, they were 2-11. and 11. So that's just a perfect example of how their season's been going. It's a big thing I've been worried about. I don't know exactly what it is. For some reason, um, they don't really target Calvin Ridley a lot. And I, I wonder if it's if it's just one of them th- those things of something I'll talk about later with the Eagles, uh, with the Bengals, is just target your guy like you got a guy you got Calvin Ridley sitting right there uh targeting more he's your best player essentially uh let's see what he got four targets one catch five yards that's not gonna yeah that's not enough like Trevor Lawrence just going to Christian Kirk time and time again is is not gonna get it done for you against good teams the Saints are not a good team and it's as simple as that they the record is 500 and they're not a good team. This is a bad team. This was a weird game. Uh, I would put this in for the Jags. This definitely goes in the bad win category. <laughs> like when you go back, you really have to look at people's wins. And I'll get to that later also with another team that lost. But there's there's teams that have good wins against good teams. And there are team, there are teams that have bad losses and there's also the vice versa bad wins and good losses you could say oh there's no such thing as moral victories but these things do mean something in the grand scheme of things we can't just oh any given Sunday any given Sunday is cool but when we really when you dive into uh, a more in-depth look at stats and what is really happening the game within the game you can watch the game and see things with the eye test and you can also learn things from diving into the statistics. And I think that's the thing here with the Jags is the Jags were number one coming into this game. They were number one in takeaways. So that sounds cool. That sounds great. But also they're, they, I think they were bottom five. They were bottom team when it comes to third down conversion. So we can, your defense can give you a short field all they want. If you can't convert, on the money downs, on third down, on fourth down, and, and keep drives alive, getting that short field means nothing at all. So, especially, let's see. No, they didn't kick. They kicked one field goal the whole game. That's the other thing is that 
you're getting takeaways and you're not coming away with field goals isn't a good sign for the Jags. But they come away with the dub. Derek Carr's washed up. Sorry, Saints fans. Everybody that every every AFC West fan knew that Derek Carr was washed up. It, it was over. He's he's he is a an below average starter at this point. Right? He was always kind of middling and average and just not an exceptional quarterback. And now it's just getting worse with age. And you can see it. He's yelling guys on the sideline. That was weird that you've played. You can't play that terrible all game and then, like, yell at your guys. Like, you can't do that, Derek Carr. You got to relax, man. But let's see. Oh, yeah. Derek Carr, QBR, 37. Pass rating, 73. Not good. Not good. Yep. So... It was a weird game, but the Jags come away. They're five and two, but I that's a five and two I do not trust. So let's get what is the next game? The next game I want to talk about is another team that got a win that I refuse to trust. And that is the Buffalo oh the New England Patriots, excuse me, beating the Buffalo Bills who were eight, almost nine-point favorites going into this game. A lot of people said, watch out, watch out, watch out. I didn't believe them. I, in my mind, there was absolutely no way that the Bills go into this game and lose. Mac Jones on the on a, on a shit streak, on a shit-stained, whitey-tighty underwear streak uh, of just bad game after bad game after bad game, throwing picks, throwing the ball away, just being gen- generally awful right and that didn't happen that didn't happen this game mac jones was really on top of everything and um josh allen just you never know what you're gonna get out of josh allen one day it's a gourmet michelin star steak just the top of the line you know just the 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 most amazing meal you could ever have and then some days He's McDonald's. And if you're starving, this will help. Right? If you're starving, a double cheeseburger and a couple and a and a small fry. That'll help you get you'll it, it's a meal, it's edible. And then there are times where Josh Allen is dog shit, is kitty litter, is unedible um just shit. <laughs> No other way around it. There's no other word I could use for it. There are times where he is just bad, bad, bad. This didn't happen to be one of those times where he was bad, bad, dog shit bad. He was just bad. He was McDonald's today. Or Sunday, excuse me. He was he was McDonald's. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. Uh, this it, He did enough to win you a game. This is a performance that could possibly win you a game. But the problem here isn't Josh Allen. Usually I would dog on Josh Allen a little bit, jump on the Bills. I'm not going to do that. Um, The main issue here is the defense. The defense has multiple, multiple, multiple injuries. I can Let me look it up here because it's bad. So let's go. Bills injury status. We have Trey White, obviously, out. Matt Milano, out. Daquan Jones, out. 
Ed Oliver out. So, I mean, we talking about Ed Oliver, Matt Milano, Trey White. Those are your, if you, I mean, you add uh, Jordan Poyer in there. Those are your best defensive players. They're missing their best defensive players, and it's showing. You lost, You couldn't stop a Pats team who scored six points. How many points have they scored this year? Seventeen? Did they? Let me let me see. I gotta go look. I gotta go look. They have scored a combined 37-47-50. Coming into this game, in one, two, three, four, in six weeks, they scored 50 points. Or, yeah, 67 points. Not great. Coming off a 0-3-10 streak of games. Or 15, excuse me, because they won that game. Yeah, so 15-3... 0 and 17 is what they've put up this year. They came into this game scoring 20 once. And somehow you let them put up almost 30 points. It's not good. Um I hate to I hate to do this to the Bills. I don't think that Josh Allen is a how can I say a force multiplier? He is not a player that can lift a below average average team up to being a great team. I think there's only, if we being honest, I really believe it's really, it's really not, it's really one and a half. If we being honest, it's Pat. And then it's kind of Joe Burrow kind of, but you could make the argument that his team wasn't that bad. It was just, you had a bad O line, but you had all these, you had, he, not when he first came in, he was, that was bad, but you get Jamar chase and you have T Higgins and Tyler Boyd and P Ryan and Joe Mixon and all those guys. He had a, a pretty decent offense. So that's why I give him the half point. Cause you had offensive side of the ball was pretty good. Lou Anarumo is a top defensive uh, coordinator in the league. And you came into a situation that was a little sketch and you've elevated that team. On the other hand, you have Josh Allen who comes into, if I remember correctly, they were a playoff team just before that, or when they drafted Josh Allen, they were floating around the playoffs, floating around 500. And you come in there and you take a couple years to get rolling and you, you know, become a good team. I think this is more of more of the case of the team being good or being really good and then adding a really good quarterback to that makes you a great team. The problem with that is they are right now one of the teams who are strapped for cash, essentially, right? Um, and I, I, the reason I said I hate doing this is because I really think if the if the Bills can't be good this year, I don't know when they'll be able to be good again because they their salary cap situation is really bad. It's really bad because um we can take a look here. Uh, Buffalo Bills. Let's see, they have a million dollars in cap space. I would love to see how what happens. How do I get to next year? Yeah, so next year, oh God, next year their estimated cap space is negative $33 million. So they're over the cap about $33 million at the beginning of next year. 
it's bad. It's bad. I, I think this is it. I think they are they're in a spot right now where they are going to have to do some real evaluating. You lose to the one in five Patriots who've been struggling to score 20 points and they put up 30 on you. Um, Josh Allen has a, a average game and you can't beat one of the worst teams in the league this year. It's a problem. Now you could say the defense shit the bed. The defense is missing their best players. I think that, definitely would make a difference if you had the three of your best players playing the entirety of a game. But what does this say for the future of the Bills? And it's bad. I think they might be a team that's in maybe the worst position over the next two to three years. Because what do you do? Is it time to... Is it time to to begin to rebuild? Do you start a, a rebuild now with the Bills after all this success and everything that's been going on? Do you just hit the reset button now and just tell Josh Allen, just, hey, bud, just hold on there. We're going to start this rebuild now. That way in two or three years we have a chance to be back in the mix of things and get everything going. But with these, with the way these contracts are right now, like – I don't know how you I don't even know what that means. I really don't know what that means for this team, man, cuz let's look at the cap. Who's their highest cap hits next year, 2024? Josh Allen making 47 million, Stefan Diggs making 27, Von Miller making 23, Trey White who's hurt again making 16. He's the most he's probably no, he's it's not he's not the most cuttable. The most cuttable person you have on here is your left tackle, Deion Dawkins, making fifteen million with a with a seven million dollar in dead cap. If you cut him, Teron Johnson making twelve million, Matt Milano making twelve million, Dawson Knox. Like, you've got you've got like none of this when I saying it out loud now, looking at it, it really doesn't make sense when you think about where all their cap is going. All their cap is going to Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and Von Miller. And that makes up, what is this? Uh, 19 plus 30, 39, 40%-ish, 40-something percent of their cap is going to Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Von Miller. And guess what? It's not going to get it done. That is simply not going to get it done. I think the really the only option that the Bills kind of have here is start the rebuild, trade Stephon Diggs, and just start rebuilding. Because I don't know how you get off the Von Miller contract. I don't know who's going to take a, what, was he, 33, 34-year-old defensive end that you gave a six-year deal to, to. So he's got one, two, three, four more years on this deal. With a cap hit of next year's 23, the year after that's 23, the year after that's 26, and the year after that is 32. So after next year, they have a potential out where they could get out, and instead of having, you know, 30 million in dead money, it's 15. So you trade Stefan Diggs, you get out from the Von Miller contract after the end of next year, and you just hope that you, you've built, you can build up enough assets and draft well enough that in two or three more years, you're back in the mix again. Cause this game, I don't even, I haven't even been talking about this game. Cause it just didn't make any sense that the, 
Patriots beat the Bills and dropped 30. Because if you look, what, what happened? They didn't run particularly well. You know, Mac Jones had the best game he's had all year. You know, Josh Allen lost a fumble, but the Patriots lost a fumble. Like, what? There's nothing really. Let's see. Anything statistically stick out that makes it seem pretty crazy? Let's see. Penalties. It's about the same. Just a pick and a fumble. That's it. Picking a fumble and you know third down efficiency was pretty good. Fourth down efficiency was pretty good. They just literally just couldn't get it done. I was I watched part of this game. They like the second half and it just looked like the Bills just looked like a team who's just spinning their wheels like. We're just rolling out of here and just going to try to beat you the same way we beat everybody, and it just didn't work. The Patriots got them. Shout out to Bill. That's win 300 on the on the Buffalo Bills. It's a crazy game. I, I, I personally think, Bills, it's time to shut it down. It's time to start the rebuild. Tra- just trade Stephon Diggs and try to get out from Von Miller and free up some cap space, get some young talent, um, around Josh Allen because I don't know what you do. If you go another two or three, if you go two to three more years like this, you will have wasted the potential of Josh Allen's career. Simple as that. Um, so next game I want to talk about. Oh man. Where do I start here? Let's just start with the score. Always. It's the easiest way to start, right? Um, The Ravens played the Lions and beat them <laughs> 38 to 6. Now, if I remember correctly, I can look. Uh, it was 28 to nothing at the half. The Lions didn't get a first down, I think, until right before halftime. It was bad. Uh, Lamar Jackson, 21 for 27, 357 in the air, three touchdowns. Uh, I'm pretty. That's got to be a perfect quarterback rating. He was awesome. He was awesome. He didn't really do it with his legs. He did a little bit. I think he ran one in. I think he ran one in. So that's four touchdowns on the day. And they just outclassed the Lions. Now I I brought this up last week and I was talking, but the Lions. If we go look, the Lions outside of the Chiefs win, all the rest of their games. All the rest of their wins, I should say, because they lost to the Seahawks. Uh, all the rest of their wins were not against good teams. They weren't. Simply weren't. I remember, if I remember correctly, it's like the Panthers. It's the Bucks. It's, uh, let's see. Yeah. Falcons, Packers, Panthers, Bucks. So three of your five wins <laughs> were against NFC South teams. Probably the worst division in football. And the Packers, who... I'll get I'll get to Jordan Love at some point, but I just can't. They got Jordan they got Jordan Love right now. That's come on now. But they get stomped. It just they got stomped. Plain and simple. It was a stomping. Now uh more about just the game before I get into my next point. They blitzed a lot, which made no sense to me. Um this gets into the point I want to make about this Ravens game, but all 
all knowledge on Lamar Jackson up to this point really should tell you just drop seven, drop eight, maybe spy him every once in a while with a safety or or somebody fast enough to keep to even try to keep up with him. Nobody's really fast enough to keep up with Lamar just straight on, but you know, um you can you can have people that are comparable in the secondary specifically either way. Drop eight well, uh, it's tough because you don't want them to run. But I think that's how you beat the Ravens. We've seen it. We've seen it. Now, let me just get here. Everybody, now, uh, this is a bad, bad game from the Lions. Sure. But I think, and I knew this was coming. I said it last week to Daniel after this game. I said it. I, I knew it was going to happen. And it immediately, Monday morning, some of the first things that I read, some of the first things that I listened to and watched, they did it right away. Is the Are the Ravens the best team in the AFC? I even heard the best team in the NFL. Okay. Is Lamar Jackson the MVP? Simply put, no. Lamar Jackson is not the MVP. He is not the best quarterback in the league. The Ravens are not the best team in the league. The Ravens are not the best team in the AFC. They're not the second best team in the AFC. They're Maybe they're the third or fourth best team in the AFC. But my problem is, before I get too deep, if the Ravens are a top team in the league, if they're if they're the best team in the AFC, if they're over the Chiefs, let's say let's say you believe that that the Ravens are the best team in the AFC. What does that mean for the Steelers, who just beat them last week and Lamar was awful? Because I, I feel like I hear I've been hearing a lot of people um, talk about this, and they they kind of just well I guess it was two weeks ago they kind of just skip over. The, the parts where Lamar has been bad, where he's been really bad. So I would just want to go back and look through this because I think there's a deeper thing here to me where we're doing this thing where because he had one amazing game. Now, even last week was a pretty good game, but I, I, I let's just go back through the past, what is it, where are we on, week seven, okay? Let's just go back through and look what Lamar did last week. What did Lamar do last week? Okay. He threw for 223 yards and he ran for 62 yards. He had a tud and a pick. Okay, cool. That is, to me, that is the quintessential Lamar Jackson game. Maybe throw in a rushing touchdown to that. But 13 carries, 62 yards, 21 of 30, 223 yards. That a, a touchdown and a pick. To me, that is the exact. That is Lamar's middle ground. Cool. That was last week. They win by one score. Okay, good win, good game. Now let's go look at the Ravens Steelers game. 236, one pick, six carries for 45 yards. Now, this is what happens. No touchdowns. You get a pick. You get a fumble. And you lose to the Steelers on a last-second touchdown from Kenny Pickett to George Pickens. 
and it was bad. They didn't execute. They struggled. They struggled to convert third downs, if I remember correctly, which to me is a is a is a big sign that things aren't going great. Yeah, five for fourteen on third down. It's not awful. It's not good. But three turnovers as a team, not great. Uh, let's see, Colts. Let me go back and look at this. This was this was the other game that they lost. Lamar. 22 for 31, 200 yards, no pick, no touchdown, but he had 14 carries and 101 yards rushing with two touchdowns. That sounds cool till you realize that he fumbled twice and they lose the game. The Texans game where, okay, this is game one of the year. Cool. You got a new, you got new receivers. You got a new system. It's probably going to be a tad bit of a struggle, all right? But guess what? Two fumbles and a pick. Okay? I'm just, I don't want to rain on the Lamar Jackson parade. Do I think Lamar is a great quarterback? He's very good. That's what I would say. Lamar is a very good starting NFL quarterback. And to me, he has paved the way for the mobile quarterback, like the quarterback back in the day where they would try to make him a receiver, make him a running back. Lamar broke through that barrier and proved that guys like this, black men who aren't traditionally uh, starting NFL quarterbacks can come in right away, make a difference, and be good, very good quarterbacks, great quarterbacks. Um, the problem with Lamar, I feel like, is he hasn't gotten better. And so there's a lot of talk about the MVP, the MVP, the MVP. And I think that everything, like the media has a tendency, and I guess I'm in the media now, but my, I'm being on the other side. Because um, before I would just absorb the information, right? I would just take in all the media frenzy and, and decide myself and discern how I felt and what I've seen with my own eyes and, and everything. And, and always felt like, uh, I had a unique, um, a unique perception when it comes to sports with some things. Right. And I feel like that's what's happening right now where, um, I almost, I, I don't, I don't think I did last week with Daniel or before that, but I had a topic written down that's what's wrong with the Ravens and going through everything and how there's just kind of false narrative or idea that Lamar Jackson is just playing at some crazy higher level than he has, than he ever has been, or he's back to being Lamar or he's taking it up a level with his passing. And to me, it's just simply not the truth. The real thing here is that since the MVP run, um, well, specifically, I should say the MVP run was 2018, right? Uh, or 2019. 
whatever it was. It was four to five years ago. The last two years, he's been hurt. He's been dealing with the contract stuff. And a couple years before that, in between the year or two in between the MVP and these last two years where he's been hurt, he was really good. And I think what we're what a lot of people are missing is we're excited to see Lamar Jackson get back to who he is and not be worried about injury, not be worried about the contract, but just playing at the high level we know he can. The problem with that is that it's hyperbole to say he's an MVP, he's the best quarterback in the in the in the league right now. He's his team is the best team in the league or whatever because from looking at it, from watching it, they have been bad at throwing the ball. It has not been good. Um I just we I just talked about this on the Thursday pod. Um what did I have? They turn the ball over too much. They can't hold on to the ball to squeeze out some of these closer wins. And they're basically bottom five in all the passing statistics. And I think it's just rose-colored glasses because we want Lamar to be good. We want Lamar to be back to who he was. And I think he is back to that. The problem with that is I don't think that guy is somebody that can beat at their peak power. If everybody's at their peak powers, I don't think that's a person that can beat a Mahomes or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert at their peaks also. Um, I think... I think still now is he does he make better reads sure is he he's making the he's reading the field better than he was before sure so let's look at this even with the 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 outburst that they just had with 357 yards passing in attempts they're 30th in passing so they passed the ball the third least of any team Yards, they're 16. Touchdowns, they're 18. Interceptions, they're third. So they're throwing the least amount of interceptions, but you're also throwing the ball the least out of most teams. Um, rushing, wow, look at that. Four, fourth in attempts, fourth in yards, third in touchdowns, top 10 in yards uh, per attempt. Now, so, so to me, it's like there's this weird facade that the Ravens' passing game has taken another step or Lamar as a passer has taken this next step and it's just simply not true the real difference here is uh, they're not running designed runs as often or at all really they're having they're saying Lamar drop back and throw it and if it's not there just run and that's what he's doing and he's been extremely successful at that this year but it's just back to the normal. I don't think he's grown as a passer or as a quarterback. I think he is he is what he is and that's what he's going to be and do I think you he has the ability and he's a good enough quarterback to not have to rely on him running the ball and designed runs and and forcing him to run the ball. I think you can live off of that. Do I think that him at his peak passing powers um, can beat some of the other guys at their peak? No. I just, I don't see, I don't see it. The fumbles, the picks, um, they're just at bad spots. There's just times where he misses throws that a 
great quarterback makes nine times out of ten, and he's not even hitting them fifty percent of the time. There, there's a there was a couple couple plays in here. Like, let me go look at this some of this stuff too, because I would love to know what. So, receiving. So, Gus Edwards has the eighty yard, the eighty yard run. Okay, cool. Zay Flowers has a forty six yard bomb. That's 120, if I remember correctly. Let's go see. I'll, I'll just have to see. Because uh, Gus Edwards' run. Was where they blitzed. And Lamar pulled it down. And went. Basically, it was a broken play where they blitzed. And Gus Edwards just, instead of Lamar handing it off, he rolls out just slightly. And Gus Edwards just runs right past the defense, and he's just wide open, standing there. And to me, it's stuff like that where it's like, yeah, okay, I hate doing that, but take that away. What are we talking about? If you take that away, we're talking about a two a game where he has 280, which is cool. Now, see, I'm watching the play right now, yeah. So, it looked like he was supposed to hand it off. He doesn't hand it off, and he just dumps it to Gus Edwards, who, you know, a simple six, seven-yard little little throwout that he takes 80 yards. Uh, I don't know. I, I personally just don't see the growth in what he's doing. I feel like... It's been the same thing over and over again. We still don't see Lamar throw deep to the outside. Where he's most comfortable at is throwing the ball intermediate over the middle. And is he amazing at that? Yes, he's awesome at that. But I don't think that continuing is going to take them to another level. They're not the best team in the league. They're not the best team in the AFC. Lamar is not the MVP. Do I think he can continue to do this? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't see. I have to look at. Let me look at their schedule because that's really going to determine here how this season goes. I feel like for them. So let's see. Is their schedule hard? Their their next games are at Arizona. And I feel like uh, there has been this thing this year that a lot of people are talking about now where the the new hot team takes the L next week. Now, that would be a hell of an L to take to Arizona after people have been saying you're the best team in the league and Lamar is the MVP. But that's the media space we're in where people are trying to zig, where everybody's zagging and people are trying to be different. And in being different, people kind of all start to do the same thing because you're trying to be so different that – a lot of people have the same thoughts because they're trying to be different. Things like this, like where we're going to jump out the window and say Lamar is the MVP now and the Ravens are the best team in the league because they beat the Lions, whose really only good win is against the Chiefs. Hmm. Which just takes me back to my what, what I've been saying is that if beating the Chiefs means you're the best team in the league, doesn't that mean that the Chiefs are really the best team in the league? This is a pretty simple thing. Like, it's something that's... 
like we didn't even have this with Brady where it's like, oh, if you beat the Patriots, you're the Patriots now. We didn't do that. We didn't do that back then. We had these things where we hoped that teams could be good enough to knock the Patriots off. But for some reason with Pat and the Chiefs, it's it's the opposite of that where if a team – so because the Ravens beat a team that beat the Chiefs and that's their only good win against a good team – that means now that the Ravens have to be the best team in the NFL. And it's just nonsense. Like, we don't do that with anybody else, right? We wouldn't say, we wouldn't jump up and say that the Browns are not, nobody stepped up and said the Browns are the best team in the league now. Nobody did that, right? Nobody was like, the Browns are obviously the best team in the NFL. They just beat the 49ers. No, we don't do that. But we do that for teams that beat the Chiefs or whatever. We did that for, we've done that for years now. We made Josh Allen the MVP coming into last year because they lost to the Chiefs good. Or, yeah, two, a year ago. Coming into last year, Josh Allen was the man because uh, if the kickoff rules were different, they're in the Super Bowl or whatever, whenever, whatever year that was. The year the Chiefs lost, 21, I think it is. The 13 seconds game. Um, the Bengals beat the Chiefs. Now they're the best team in the NFL. They're the best team in the AFC. And it's just this ongoing, continuing thing where if you can beat the Chiefs or if you beat it, it's gotten to the point now where we're so just bored because of how the Internet and everything is now that we're so bored with the Chiefs that if a team that beat them, if a, if a team that beat them, loses to another team that that team is now the best team so if you beat the chiefs and somebody beat you the team to beat you is the best team now because you guys beat the chiefs it's getting ridiculous if you're gonna make me sit here <laughs> and pretend like lamar all year has been some lights out quarterback you're lying to yourself it's not true it's nonsense he's had what would we call it? Cleveland was a cool game because that's basically the best defense in the league. He put up 186 yards. Um, we had one amazing game. You could argue the Colts game. They lost that game. Like, what are we talking about? Like, the Bengals game? They they played the Bengals, who were one of the worst teams to watch in week two. He beat them by three and then they go on to lose like their next two games after that. Like, uh. so the Detroit win is a good, solid win, right? And he balled out. That's cool, but that's one week against one team, and that's all it is. It doesn't make them. It doesn't consistency, consistently, uh, being put in situations that you overcome makes you great, right? And I don't see that from Lamar. Lamar, you don't know. He might be the guy that beats Detroit by 30, or he might be the guy that fumbles the ball twice and loses to the Colts, or fumbles the ball twice and loses to Pittsburgh. So I think we got to pump the brakes with the Lamar hype. we got to stop. we got to stop just anybody that can just be – good or outplay a team that outplayed the Chiefs we just make them the best team we gotta stop doing that we gotta stop doing that right 
Because it's, it's the paper, rock, scissors that, that I've been talking about. Um, yeah, because you look at it this way, right? The Browns beat the Colts. But the Ravens beat the Browns. So who's the better team here? Exactly. It's the Ravens. They are the better team. That's why you can't do this with who beat who, who had a good game. Like some of this stuff just gets crazy. If like you want me to if you're gonna look at make me pretend like I think Lamar Jackson has been the best quarterback this year, then I you're gonna you're trying to make me lie. You're asking me to lie. And I'm I can't. I can't do that. They've been bad. I've been wondering what's been wrong with them. The drops. Is it Lamar? What's going on? And it's to me, it's just a combination of everything. Um, you know, Lamar's Lamar. Is he? He's going to do what he does, and I think that's probably the problem. That's where their ceiling is. Where you know he has not improved. He has been the same guy for four straight years now, and it hasn't changed. And I don't think it's going to change because they had one good game against the Lions, who have one good win under their belt. Against it. They have a, a win against a good team. One. And that's it. And that, that they lost that game to the Chiefs. And that's going to take me to the next one because I, I don't want to keep dumping on Lamar, man. You know? But people are so overzealous about all this Lamar stuff. It just makes me be like, whoa, hold on. We not we cannot keep doing this. <laughs> we're just we're throwing anybody we can at the top and just saying these guys are the best just off one week, one game, and all of a sudden this is the best person, this is the best quarterback in the league. Ah, gotta stop doing that. Meanwhile, Pat puts up four hundred and twenty-four yards passing <laughs> and twenty-nine rushing, four touchdowns, one pick. You know, it was kind of it was a dumb pick. He, you know, it was bad. I'm not gonna bail bail him out for that pick. wasn't a wasn't a great throw. But the Chiefs are sitting here six and one, six straight wins. They go crazy. Travis Kelsey puts up 180, and Pat puts up 425 yards. And people are talking about the Ravens. What are, what are we doing here? But. You know, that's how it is. That's that's how it goes when with, with the best teams. When we're in this, when you're in this this area of of being great, we're in the 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 LeBron area of like you just have to keep doing it over and over again. But the Chiefs beat the Chargers thirty-one to seventeen. The Chiefs get they swag back a little bit. You know, they get they get the, they got the sauce back. Travis Kelsey goes crazy on National Titans Day, puts up 180. If I, I don't know how he had most of his in the first half, just like Pat, they only had a hundred. Pat only had he had 321 going into the half. That's all you need to know. And it was still close then. That's the crazy part. What was it? It was 17-24 going into the half. It was a one score game, and Pat put up 300 yards. Um, but the problem is. The Chiefs' defense is really the anchor this year. And if the offense, like it did this week, can just step up and make some plays, get like I've been saying, one or two splash plays, executing in the red zone, and they're back to being the same team that they've been for five years. 
what was their red zone today or Saturday Saturday Sunday three for four like I said red zone execution one or two splash plays makes them go from 16 to from 14 to 18 to 30 points a game that's why I said I'm not worried about the Chiefs the defense is going out of their mind and all the offense has to do is just make a couple plays make a couple plays you can have a most of your drives can be average. Now we got to do a couple splash plays, a couple runs, a couple Travis Kelsey possessions where he just dominates the game, and this is what you get. A, f- <laughs> a, a nearly 500 total yard game. Ah, the Chargers. Oh, where, where, at some point, we have to stop trying to bail Herbert out, right? Like I understand Justin Staley, Justin Brandon Staley and the defense have been awful. It's been bad. But 17 for 30, two picks. What has he ended three straight games with an interception now? It's not looking good for Justin Herbert. I don't know what it is. All the analytics and all the nerd stats and everything says that Justin Herbert is one of the best quarterbacks basically that's ever played in the NFL. But when you watch the games time in and time out, he just doesn't get it done when he needs to. I don't know what that is. Um, I have some ideas, some possibilities, things like maybe he's a little too robotic with his reads and he doesn't have enough creativity, enough... um, you know, just intuition about how to play football. Like, I feel like Mahomes is the ultimate version of that, of just knowing what to do, knowing how to do it, and executing. And then Herbert, is. there was a play, there was a play last week where Herbert, I think it was either a screen or just a check down out in the flat. And it was literally catch, turn, and me watching the broadcast is like he can't what you can't throw that the d end is literally in your face and the man holding him in the flat is 4 yards out <laughs> so you can you can zip it in there and you're going to get 3 yards which that's i mean that's fine in certain situations but he threw it just straight ahead no sidearm no um, let me try to move out the way create a lane for myself like a la Russell Wilson would do he just stood straight turn and threw it straight into the DN's hands and it's stuff like that where there's just that little bit missing from Herbert that he just doesn't have the chutzpah, the the sauce. He doesn't have no sauce, right? He's just a plain chicken sandwich. I, there's a lot of food references. I'm I, obviously I need. To, I'm hungry. I'm getting hungry. I need to eat. But he's a plain chicken sandwich. No sauce. No pickle. No nothing. Just bread and chicken. And that's great if you're starving. That's great, but sometimes you need sauce. You need a little sauce on that chicken sandwich, man. You need a pickle on there. You need a little extra. Just a little extra to make it the best. It's not the best, right? It's very good. It's service. Just like Lamar. It's very good. 
It's not great. It's not the best. And I think that's where the Herbert stuff is at right now. I don't know if maybe firing the coach would help um, getting one of the young creative coordinators. I mean, I feel like there's not a lot just floating around right now. You got Ben Johnson for the Lions, I guess. I don't know how that helps really with Justin, with Herbert's um, progression. I feel like he's in the same boat as Lamar where it's just they're not getting better. They're not progressing and becoming these next level high end quarterbacks. And that's what I've been saying these past couple weeks is I think we're what we thought was a renaissance was just guys that were really good. We've got a bunch of guys that are really good. I don't think there's a lot of, and I I know looking back in in 5, 10, 15 years or whatever, we would probably look at this different, and these guys will be in the moonlight of their careers, and they'll be all-time greats. But right now, it's just, I don't see it. If Herbert keeps doing this, who is he? He's not Brady. Uh, He's not Manning. Is he Drew Brees? Drew Brees has a ring. So who is he? Is he Philip Rivers? Like what? Who? Who is he? Where does he rank amongst these? Is he Dan Marino? Because that's—I mean—that's what we're talking about. No rings. Is he that good? Is he as good as Marino? That's when you start to get. Where does he rank? Where does he fall? If if it, if he just stays this way for the next five years, is is he just Philip Rivers again? That's what I kind of have been looking at. Um. Yeah, it's just a weird week. I know I'm a very negative podcast today, but it had to be it had to be done, man. You know, uh, so Sunday night, Eagles Dolphins. It was it was a close game, really. It was kind of a close game, but it wasn't. Um, how can I explain this? Uh, the Dolphins are a soft team. They're a basketball team, right? Um. They want to run up and down, and they want to just avoid getting punched in the mouth. And the Eagles are the exact opposite. Uh, their signature play is a is a quarterback sneak. That's what we're talking about. A team whose signature play is their quarterback getting pushed for a yard or two. <laughs> so, the exact opposite. Uh, I kind of called it a call. I said Tyreek was due for a flopper, and this is kind of what I meant. Um, I know they talk about the Patriots game, but the Patriots game, he kind of just got locked out of that game. Like, Bill Belichick schemed up a pretty good game, and they just locked him out of that game. This game, he had two really bad drops. He had the one drop that he kicked out of the end zone, and then he had the other, uh, I don't remember when it was, but he had another bad drop where it was just, he just, it just bounced off his hands. And that's what I mean is we've being a Chiefs fan, I say it all the time, at being a Chiefs fan, we've seen Tyree, we've seen what his downfall is. He's five eight. Um excuse me, uh he's five eight. Can't throw him jump balls. You can't depending on who the corner is, you can't throw a lot of contested catches because the drops because he's moving so fast a lot of the time, the drops become exaggerated they bounce off his hand they bounce off his chest they bounce off his helmet he's going so fast that the ball just does a lot of crazy things we've seen it over and over um where pat 
would throw it up to Tyreek and it would just bounce off his hands and fly in the air, fly right into a guy's hands. It would ricochet off him, ricochet off a, a shoulder pad. And it happens time. It happens all the time. And I think that's what happened here is you had a couple timely misses and that would have kept them in the game. That would have allowed them to uh, run the ball a little more and kind of just stay in the flow of their offense. And they didn't get to do that because the Eagles, one, up front, just punched them in the mouth. And then two, on the back end, you had Tyreek kind of bobbling a lot of stuff and just he didn't struggle to get open. It was just on timely downs. Tua would whiff. He threw the pick into I don't know why the two receivers were right next to each other, but he threw it into almost four guys, three and a guy trailing. And just on the back end was just a lot of, a lot of just bad mistakes. And I think it really all came down to the Eagles front line on both sides, offense and defense just came with a lunch pail and they kicked the Dolphins teeth in. And that's their downfall. Just a hard nose, um, just kind of a strong running style team and you can take the if you can withstand the scripted joints like the scripted plays from the Dolphins where it's almost like the first half they're, they're, it's like they're they're damn near guaranteed to get a score in the first two series essentially just because the, 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 the play calling from McDaniels is so great and overwhelming <laughs> like the schemes they're just almost guaranteed to score in the first two series. And then after that, like in this game, it just, they fought. They had a, you know, Jalen Hurts again with a pick six, but I'll get to that in a second. But the Dolphins, you know, they're soft. They're a basketball team. And the Eagles came and they punched them in the mouth and they took the game. And now we'll get to the Eagles. So they only scored one touchdown. That's the first thing. So they did get shut down to a certain extent. But I really think what they were missing was those those Tyreek Hill plays that they missed. And then Tua just kind of, you know, Tua got sacked a, a couple times, and I think that really threw him off his rhythm and seen a couple just weird things, like where he went to scramble and he just sat down. It was, it was awkward, very weird and awkward. But the Eagles, they still don't look right. I'm, I can't jump up and say that um, – the Eagles are back, blah, 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 because they beat the Dolphins. It's like, no, like, this is paper, rock, scissors, and you you, you had a good matchup here, and they still didn't look right. Like, uh, let me see, what did Jalen Hurts end with? Jalen Hurts ended with 23 for 31, 279, two touchdowns, and a pick. That was a pick six. And really, they didn't get going until they just decided, uh, hey, let's just throw it to A.J. Brown every time? Can we do that? Can we just throw it up to A.J. Brown and let him make plays? Uh, Yeah, you can. You can, especially when it's the Dolphins' secondary. They don't have their two best players. <laughs> they don't have Xavier Howard, and they don't have Jalen Ramsey. And it's like they just woke up and realized, like, oh, yeah, let's just throw it to A.J. Brown every other play. How many targets? He ended up with 15 targets, 10 catches, 137 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. That'll do it. <laughs> Just give him half the targets. Every other ball is going to AJ Brown. Good luck. And it just seems I don't know what it is. Why? What? What's going on? I don't know if if you know the people have been talking about Jalen Hurts is is banged up and he did have a couple runs and I've been seeing it all year, which looks like stuff that he used to do where 
it's one-on-one on the outside and I'm just gonna I'm gonna try to make a move or try to make something happen it just seems like he just is declining he's just running out of bounds or I mean he doesn't really slide that often so mostly it's just beating a guy out of bounds but yeah he just hasn't looked right hasn't looked right the offense has been struggling because he hasn't looked right he threw another pick six that's two pick sixes back to back and that was bad I don't really understand what he was doing he there's a he just threw it right into a guy kind of the same thing with Justin Herbert where it's just I wonder if some of it was just like you like I've been saying you don't have Shane Steichen in your ear to kind of not even reel you back in because it's the opposite of maybe just giving you the confidence to kind of just go out there and throw some of those bombs or you know toss it up on a scramble it just seems like that stuff is gone and Jalen Hurts just doesn't have it right now and they're just such a good team all around everywhere else that it doesn't matter. Last year, he it felt like, you know, we felt, every a lot of people, most people felt like he was carrying them and he was awesome and he was one of the best players in the league. And now it's kind of reverted back to, okay, a guy who kind of struggles to throw the ball consistently, is struggling to throw the ball consistently, and now you're taking away his ability to make big splash runs or do any of that or be, you know, not even just explosive it's just kind of not there and that's that's kind of just where the eagles are right now i don't you know the top 10 what was my top 10 my top 10 was chiefs niners eagles dolphins lions ravens bills browns Bengals. and yeah to me this week didn't do a lot to move that around maybe flip the maybe move the lions down maybe move the bills down Bengals didn't play. There's a lot of weird. Like I, I, I have to. I have. Give me another week. Or give me another two weeks, and I'll come back with another top ten. But that's it, guys. Um, I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, make sure you download and follow the show on Spotify or Apple. Uh, follow me. Carver 2X on everything, the Carver 2X show on Instagram to find the clips. And that's it. Um, I hope you guys enjoy the show. See ya.